Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Hello, I'm David Marsden from The Evening Standard. Follow the leader or hit subscribe and you'll get our news analysis and commentary every day at 4pm. Give us a rating wherever you get your podcasts too. Now, from The Evening Standard in London, this is The Leader. As December closes, new laws will end the decades-old duty-free regime for travellers from outside the EU visiting the UK. It's all down to Brexit, of course, and it's coming as retail and hospitality face their most dire situation in decades as a consequence of COVID-19. Our city editor, Jim Armitage, has written an open letter in the Evening Standard telling Rishi Sunak to dump the plants, and he's with me now. Jim, the government says this will save £524 million. Now, I know that's not a huge number in the grand scheme of things, but we're basically broke after the pandemic. Surely we should be doing anything that will help the economy. Yeah, I, that's absolutely right. We are in a in major financial straits because of the virus, and we've got a massive deficit. But when you consider the size of the UK economy, as you say, it really it's really a scratch here. And the government's own figures are wrong. The government's own Office for Budget Responsibility, which holds the uh, Treasury to account, says that this will only uh, bring in an extra three hundred and fifty million odd quid. And then there's this other. I mean, extremely tricksy bit of accounting, really, that no company would be able to get past the city, where they've they've included the amount of tax that they that they get in in the short term, but they take no account whatsoever of the amount of tax that they will lose in the longer term. So the pretty much everybody in the industries that are involved with the, with these tourists, so that's the hotels industry, the retail industry, the luxury goods industry. They say they will not come. They will not come in their thousands. And as a result of that, how much tax are we going to lose? Well, if you run the numbers, total spending, £6 billion of spending that the tourists who would be coming here will not be, will not be coming here and will not be spending. And the tax loss to that, so this is the equivalent to that £520 million that he says he's going to get in, the tax lost. £3.4 billion. Is the difference in prices going to be that big? I mean, if you're only talking a couple of quid, Jim, surely people can suck that up for the, for the price of seeing Buckingham Palace for real. It's an argument. But uh, again, it's like these numbers, you can make them sound big or sound small. 
the government's trying to make it sound small. But uh, the kinds of purchases that we're talking about can sometimes be really sort of big ticket items. Chinese shoppers, for example, Middle Eastern shoppers, they love shopping at Burberry. It's one of their great brands that they love. They love shopping at churches for their shoes. You're talking a 20% increase on what they would ordinarily be spending. If you're buying, say, I don't know, a beautiful watch for £10,000, that's £2,000 extra that you're spending. And that's a significant amount of money. People get the idea in their head that, that these tourists are, are kind of billionaire oligarchs coming over in their, in their private yachts and mooring up at St. Catherine's Dock. That's not them at all. They're middle class. They're kind of people like us. And this is often like a, a once in a, in a lifetime or once in a 10-year holiday for them. And they want to spend. They're happy to spend. So they're, they're, but, but they are still price conscious, very price conscious indeed. But Jim, will they really not come here? Because realistically, we can expect the pound to be fairly weak against other currencies. Surely that's going to entice people across. Well, this is, uh, this is an interesting point. See, the government is saying tourists will still come because the pound is 20%, 15% cheaper to most foreign currencies than, than it was before the referendum vote. True. But that's a weird argument for a Brexiteer government to make because it suggests that in their heart of hearts, they think that the pound will stay at these horrendously low levels for the long term. If they think that, then the reason the pound is going to stay that low for so long is because they can only think that the economy is going to be damaged for, for a very long time. The reason the pound is low is because the economy is expected to be weak due to Brexit. So you can't have it both ways. You can't both say, oh, tourists will still come here because the pound is cheap and say Brexit is a good idea because the, uh, the economy will boom from this sort of freewheeling trading status that we'll have. You know, you can't have it both ways. You can read Jim's letter to Rishi in the newspaper or at standard.co.uk where there's also a link to a petition. Now, it's December. It's time. I don't want a lot for Christmas. Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is as much a festive standard as Jingle Bells, but it's never been a UK number one. Maybe, though, this year it'll finally hit the top spot. It's currently a reindeer's whisker behind Ariana Grande, and the Christmas campaign has only just begun. With me now is the Evening Standard's Jochen Embley. Jochen, every year Mariah mounts an assault for the Christmas number one with a song that's, that's pretty old now. Why is she so determined? I know, I think it's just one of those things, isn't it? There's, uh, there's an eternal kind of joy to be found in these songs that a lot of people do find. I mean, the song was released in 1994 and it's her biggest um, song so far. But I think for Mariah, there's, you know, there's, there's a deeper meaning to all of this, which, you know, I've heard the song a million times like a lot of people have, and I wasn't actually too aware of this until I read her memoir. You know, as a child, she grew up in quite a dysfunctional family. You know, she had... Her siblings always at each other's throats and, you know, she had to deal with the racism of growing up in a mixed race family. But she writes about how she kind of cling to Christmas throughout all of that, or, or at least the kind of fantasy of what a carefree family Christmas could be. She set about creating her own little magical merry world of Christmas and, you know, this, her wishing was more powerful than her family's pain. And then she goes on to explain how she kind of took direct inspiration from that from that childhood fantasy and she kind of fed that into all I want for Christmas is you. 
as much as it might all seem a bit surface level, I think it does all run a bit deeper than that. Yeah, it does put it all into perspective, you know, because every year Mariah Carey turns up in her Santa outfit, doesn't she? She has her Christmas specials. We see her on all the adverts every every year. The song gets released. Everybody pretty much loves Mariah Carey's song. It is quite incredible that there is something else behind that. Yeah, I think you do, you do wonder, don't you? Because I think a lot of people do get slightly frustrated hearing the same songs every year and you can imagine for someone like her who's sung this song countless times you know that you, you kind of wonder how someone keeps up keeps up the energy to, to keep on doing it year after year but you know I think when it comes from such a sort of organic place and from such a personal place to her I mean in the book she writes at length over hundreds and hundreds of pages about kind of the, the, the trauma her family went through just for you know, various, various reasons, like I say, you know, the racism she faced and just the, you know, the, the difficulty of growing up in a quite impoverished household as well. I mean, when you know all that and you know what Christmas means to her, you entirely understand how she kind of gets this little burst of energy every time, you know, in the middle of November rolls around and she starts singing the song again. And the story of the song itself is pretty extraordinary as well. Here we have what I think we can now pretty much call an all-time Christmas classic. And it was just bashed out in her house, wasn't it? Yeah, no, I think she writes in the book, she just she just wrote it on a you know, small little kind of like uh, rickety uh, keyboards. And yeah, it was just, you know, a scale going up and down. And, you know, um, yeah, just quite straightforward. But I mean, all the best songs are, I suppose. It's something that came came from a pretty uh, innocent place for her, a pretty pure place for her. And you can really hear that in the song, you know. It's simple, it's happy, it's straightforward, and it's just basically everything you'd want in a Christmas song. And that's the Leader Podcast. We're back tomorrow. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.